the message today is for you. Uh, the, the title of the message today is Rest. Everybody, are you ready? Take a deep breath with me. Breathe in. Ready? Now breathe out. So for the next 30 minutes, we're going to close our eyes. I'm just kidding. Don't get excited. We, we tend to live life that way. And, and as, as I was looking at this next chapter, it's, it's really the entire chapter. We're not going to read all that for you today, but I'll tell you the story. As I was looking at this next chapter in Joshua, chapter 11, this, this video really seems to describe their life for a period of time. And, and we know that sometimes we're busy for a period, then, then we can take a rest. But, but if you'll look in Joshua chapter 11 with me, uh, I'll, I'll begin with just the first part. They had, they had defeated, just by way of recap, uh, they're, they're in the promised land. They are now taking possession of the promised land. Joshua is the leader. And they've learned some very valuable lessons early on about trusting God, not trusting in their own strength, but letting the Lord fight their battles for them. And so they have defeated all of the southern part of Canaan. They're now in the middle and they're getting ready. And in this chapter, they defeat the entire northern part of Canaan. Let's read kind of how that starts out. Chapter 11, verse 1. When Jabin, king of Hazor, heard of this, that is that Joshua and the children of Israel defeated all of southern kingdom, uh, Canaan, he sent to Joab, king of Maiden, and the king of Shimron, and the king of that guy, um, at Akshaph. I should really work on these better. And to the kings who were in the northern hill country, and to Arba, south of Chinnereth, and the lowland, and someone else is going to read this for me, I'm just kidding, to Napath Dor on the east, on the west, to the Canaanites in the east and the west, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites in the hill country, and the Hivites under Hermon, the land of Mizpah. And they came out with all their troops, a great horde in number, like the sand that is on the seashore, with very many horses and chariots. And these kings joined their forces and came and encamped together at the waters of Merim to fight against Israel. And Joshua has learned his lessons. Verse 6, And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them, for tomorrow at this time I will give, them, give over all of them slain to Israel. You shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua and all his warriors came suddenly against them, by the waters of Merim and fell on them. And the Lord gave them into the hand of Israel, who struck them and chased them as far as Great Sidon and Mizrapah, Mayim, and eastward as far as the valley of Mizpah. And they struck them until they had left none remaining. And Joshua did to them just as the Lord said to him, he hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots with fire. Now, now this is just the beginning of this. All these kings, if you can imagine... Uh, Joshua, if you'll remember early on, the five kings came against Joshua. He killed them. He went after methodically each of the kingdoms after that, conquered all of southern Can- of, of Canaan. And if you can imagine as, as word reaches now the kings of northern Canaan, and they come out, and the Bible says something here that would have terrified me. They came out in a great horde. I don't know any Lord of the Ring fans in here. Um, I, I, there's so many scenes from that movie that comes to mind as, as, as I've been reading in Joshua. And, and, and this, this great horde, it says, 
more than the sands of the sea. Now, we know that that's, that's really a little bit of an exaggeration, but that's what it seemed like to Joshua. And the Lord said, Joshua, don't be afraid. And, and I can imagine by now Joshua said, you know, without you I would be, but because I know you're going to fight the battle for me, I am not. And, and Israel then began to methodically defeat all of northern Canaan, one after another after another. Some of the battles looked like they only took about a day. Some of them, it says that, that it took some time for them. And all of northern Canaan, kingdom after kingdom after kingdom after kingdom, until we get to the last verse in chapter 11 that says this, verse 23, So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had spoken to Moses, and Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel according to their tribal allotments, and the land had rest for more. Doesn't that just sound good? You you ever get to the place in life where, where, where you know you're in God's will, you know you're doing the things that God wants you to, and, and, and make no mistake, God is fighting the battles for you, but, but it still just begins to wear on you. You, you, you begin to get tired, and, and for some of us, we're, we're looking for that period of rest that God gives. Let me remind you of something right here. They weren't finished. They hadn't conquered all of the land that God was going to give to them. They, they weren't finished yet. They were just taking a break. Anybody in here feel like you might need to take a break? Yeah, some of you this morning, you were getting ready for church, or maybe uh, you slept. How many of you actually slept an extra hour? Anybody? How many of you stayed up an hour later after you set your clocks back? Be truthful. <laughs> Maybe this morning you said, you know, I should just take a break. There was a story of a guy that woke up on Sunday morning, and he turns over to his wife, and he says, you know what? I don't want to go to church today. Those people are mean. They don't talk to me. They're not friendly to me. I don't even think they would notice if I was missing. I think I'm just going to stay in bed this morning. And the wife looks at him, and she says, honey, you have to go. You're the pastor. Sometimes we just, we just want to take, that's not the case here. That was a pastor of another church. Um, sometimes we just, we just want to take a break. But let me remind you here, God is giving them a period of rest, but they're not finished. This is just a break. In fact, if you look at Joshua chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. Some of us just makes us tired when we think about that. He's old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years. When God tells you that, you can know it's true. And there remains yet very much land to possess. This is just chapter 13. So this is right after this. God is reminding him, hey, look, Joshua, there's still a lot to do. So they're not finished. I I, want to remind you guys I know that we have some retired people in here. When you retire, God's not finished with you. There is no retirement from serving God. Now, you can retire from your job, and I know that many look forward to that. Um, I got You ever get those things from the Social Security, like around your birthday, and they like tell you how much you have in there, and if you... 
I figured out if I work till I'm 92 and get a second job, I'm, I can retire that way. They weren't finished. They were just going to take a break. God realized that they needed some rest, and so God gave them rest for more in the land. You know, in, in our lives, we, we tend to wear ourselves out, don't we? we? We tend to pack our lives full. Do you do that? I, I, here, let me, let me tell you how this kind of looks for me sometimes. Um, someone says, hey, look, I, I need to meet with you this week. Do you have time this week to meet? And, and I'll look at my calendar, and I'm like, okay, well, Monday's out, Tuesday's out, Wednesday's out, Thursday. Oh, there's, there's an hour on Thursday where I don't have something planned. Yeah, I can meet with you on Thursday. And we pack every bit of our lives full. We see it in our calendars. Yep, I got an hour right there. That may be the only hour the entire week, but I got an hour. We can put something in there, right? How many of you, how many of you overbook? Anybody? We, we think we're the airlines, right? Yeah, we overbook, right? Well, I'm going to, yeah, I know I'm supposed to meet with someone here, but I'll, one of them is going to cancel. I'm sure they are. Or we tend to, to do it too close. I learned this early on in the ministry that you can't end one meeting at 1030 and begin another meeting at 1030. You need a little bit of time in there, especially with me because I talk a lot. We, we see it in our checkbooks, right? We, we pack our lives full in our checkbooks. We, we, we get to the end, and if you, if you do a budget, by the way, we're going we're gonna to go this next year in 2020, uh, we're going to go through Dave Ramsey's financial piece. We're going to do it together as a church um, because I, I really want us to get a good handle on this because this is what I see. We, we do this with our checkbooks. We, we, if you do a budget, you get to the end, you're like, look, I've got an extra $50. Let's go to the coffee shop. <laughs> Don't we? I've got an extra $50. Where can I spend it? We, we pack our, our, our lives full. We can see it in our calendars. We can see it in our checkbooks. Listen, I, I, I know you and I know me. We can even see it in our garages, in our sheds, and then for some of us in our storage units, right? Um, I, I, this has been my mantra now. Cynthia's heard this. She taught for 11 years, had lots of teaching stuff that we've carried around for a while. She's been giving uh, some of it away. Now she can give some to Hope, our daughter. But but, but this is my mantra now for our shed. If it don't stack, it don't go back. <laughs> because we, we're out of room. We're, we're stacking now. And, and fortunately, it's pretty high. The guy that built it for us did a great job. And I was supposed to put in a second level, but I stack stuff so high that I can't do that anymore. Do, do, you, know, do you know that we, because of our culture, tend to feel everything to the max, that we go all out in our time, we go all out in our, 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 our finances, we go all out in our space, we even go all out in our relationships. There's a rule, in, in, in people in churches, people in, in big organizations with auditoriums know this, it's called the 80% rule. Any of you ever heard of that? Now, there's an 80-20 rule, that's different. Um, 20% of the people do 80% of the work, um, that's, that's not what I'm talking about here. The 80% rule says this. The 80% rule says that when it's 80% full, when you're talking about an auditorium, when it's 80% full, that practically speaking, it's full. You're not going to get much past that. 80%. You, you can for some special occasions, 
but over a long period, you don't. Now, now there's some ways to get around this. Um, uh, how many of you been to a packed theater, movie theater? Anybody? Yeah? When you get those little armrests that go down next to you, even if you don't know the person on the other side, you're somehow okay with that. You stay in your lane, bro. You know, you stay over there and I stay over here. Um, how many of you have been somewhere where they usher you to your seat? Anybody? Uh, the, the nutcracker? Anyone go? Yeah, guys put their hands down real fast when I said that. Where, where they usher you to your seat? So where, where you have assigned seating and, and you go there? But what this tells me, this 80% rule, and, and, and I was reading some articles on it earlier this week, getting ready for this message, and, and they're, they're kind of debating this now. Um, uh, they, they think with stadium seating and, and with ushered seating that you can get to 90%, 95% in, in some cases on a regular basis. But what this tells me is this is that we like a little bit of space. We, we, we like, uh, we, we went from pews to chairs in here for one of the reasons, one that we could be more flexible, but one of them is because people set their coats down on a pew and, and they end up taking two seats per person in a pew normally. Some of you lay down. No, just kidding. They weren't that comfortable. But we like our space, don't we? We don't want to feel crowded in, in our space. What if, what if we made, what if we took that idea of the 80% rule and what if we applied that to other areas of our lives? What if we did that? Can, can, can you just imagine with me just a little bit? What if we said 80% is full? Wow. What if, what if we made it a habit? What if we got into this habit of leaving a little bit of space in our lives? What if we said, you know what, I, I'm going to apply that to my life and, and I'm just going to work on making this a habit. What if we did that in our time where 80% full was full? That means 20% of your calendar is not calendared for anything. You just left some room. What if you did this with your finances? What if 80% full was full, and so 20% of your finances weren't? You want to count for those. Uh, what if those were set aside? What if you did this in your relationships? We, we don't talk about this a whole lot, but I think we max ourselves out in relationally. I, I think we... we we, we just get so used to doing that in every area of our lives that we really don't have a lot to give relationally uh, to, to the people who matter the most to us. We've maxed out in that, and so we don't have anything left. What if, what if we said 80% is full relationally? <laughs> Some of you are going like, i got to cut these people out of my life. You might need to. I don't know. But what if we applied this to our lives? What if we just said 80% is full? It really goes back to a principle that we see in the Old Testament that, that still applies to us. It's the principle of the Sabbath. And we talked about this at the beginning of the year. I don't know if you remember this. We talked about leaving some margin. But the principle of the Sabbath, uh, really, we kind of see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. God has created everything, right? And, and verse 2, Genesis 2, 2 says, And on the seventh day God finished his work, that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work 
that he had done. Now, you know, sometimes you got to dig into the words a little bit in Scripture, right? How many of you think God was tired when he finished creating everything? You know, he didn't run out. Here's, here's, here's the picture that I get. That word rested just means that he ceased. He just stopped. God left some space, not because he needed it, but because God wants us to know that we need the space. Listen, God created us in such a way that we need space in our lives. And so that's what I really want to encourage you with today. I, I want to encourage you with creating some space in your lives. Don't fill everything up. 80% is full. Just, just begin to think about that, that that way. 80% is full. I'm going to leave some space. Now, I know what's going to happen next week when you come in. You're going to skip two seats between you and the person next to you. That's right. We'll put out more chairs. But, but think about that. Think about if we, if we did that. And, and today, I, I just want to kind of walk you through this just a little bit with our time, with our calendars. Let me give you some good practical application for the principle of the Sabbath. Are you guys ready? Yeah, some of you are tired just thinking about it, aren't you? Now, now I'm going to flesh this out a little bit because I want us to really kind of get a hold of it. I'm going to challenge you to do this, and I challenged this at the beginning of the year, but we need reminders. I, I know I do. One hour a day. Don't do anything. Not, I'm not talking about sleep. Naps are good. I love naps. No, I'm not talking about naps. I just mean one hour a day. You don't have to be productive. For, for me, that, that looks like a cup of coffee in my hand <laughs> where I'm just, just sitting. One hour a day. Every single day, one hour. So think about that. Think how that, the, how, think how that works for you. Is that, is that early morning? How many early morning people do we have? Um, if you're not, I have a dog I'll loan you. He'll get you to be an early morning. Um, thankfully, amazingly, it's really cool. God loves us and he's gracious. And, and sometimes he like just kind of reminds us of that. This week, in preparation for setting our clocks back an hour, my five o'clock in the morning dog, I'm not making this up. You can ask my wife has been a 6 or a 6.15 dog. He set his clock back early. <laughs> but, but I like getting up in the morning, but I, I want it quiet. So one hour a day, you don't have to accomplish anything. You just create some space. All right, you ready for the next one? One night a week. So one evening a week where you don't have to get anything done. You don't have to accomplish anything. It's just one evening a week. You've just created some space. Now, be careful because the tendency is, oh, now I can grout my bathroom. <laughs> oh, now I can go clean off the back deck. I'm naming, these are my list, by the way. I don't know what your list looks like. Oh, now I can go stack some wood so I can split more wood so that I can stack more wood before it snows. One evening a week where you just say, nope, I'm going to keep that time open. Hey, Mike, can you go get coffee on Thursday night? No, no. I'm not going to plan anything for Thursday night. 
That would be hard for me. If you really want to tempt me with that, just ask me out for coffee. One night a week where you just say, nope, I'm just leaving that open. Now, now this may be a little bit awkward for your family at first. What are we going to do? I don't know. I guess we're going to stare at each other. Ready? Because <laughs> we've forgotten. We've forgotten what it's like not to have something going on. I need to be doing something. I'm wasting time. No, it's not. Listen, rest is not a waste of time. Creating space in your life is not a waste of time. But I've got so many things I can do. Yeah, when have you ever finished them all? When? I've had jobs, it seems like all the jobs that I've had since Sonic, (laughs) I worked Sonic in high school, that one, I was done with that one when I left. But since then, all the other jobs that I've ever had, there was always more work to do when I got back. I could never finish everything. I was administrative pastor at the church that I came from in Fort Worth, and, and I'd get ready for a vacation, and a pastor would tell me. I knew, I knew what he meant, but I would always push him on this. He would say, just make sure you get everything done before you leave. Dude, I never get anything, everything done. I, I just find a stopping place on my list. Create some space. One night a week where you just leave open. You see, you know what? I don't have to get anything done. I don't have to accomplish anything. And nothing is going to fill this space up. Okay, you ready for the hardest one? At least for me, this one's the hardest. So we do one hour a day, one night a week, and then one day a month. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm, I'm letting this off easy In the Old Testament, they did one day a week to the point where they didn't even pick up manna on that day when they were in the wilderness. Like, how hard is that, right? You know, but but they were making a point. Think about this one day a month that you just leave open. You don't have to accomplish anything. Now, now, some of you remember, I've, I've mentioned this a few times. I call this my jammy day. Now, don't freak out. I wear sweats. Those are my jammies. But this is my jammy day. And, and I don't get out of my sweats, and I, don't, I, I leave my slippers on. I even walk my dog in my slippers. I'm sure my neighbors love this. Um, because I don't feel like I can do anything productive with my jammies and slippers on. I, just, you know, I can't even hardly wash clothes unless I put shoes on. I'm just weird. Whatever it takes for you, this is, this is your jammy day. Now, now, this happened to me one time, and, and, and I, I don't have to make stuff like this up because it really happens. It was my jammy day, and somebody needed to drop something off to me, and they wanted me to meet them at Dave's, and I thought we were going to meet out front. And, and I meant, I didn't, actually, I didn't even think about it. I thought, well, I'm just going to run up there real fast. And as I'm crossing Burroughs Street from where I parked, I realized I still have my slippers on. And uh, they wanted me to sit down and have some coffee, so I tried to hide my feet, but everybody saw I still had my slippers on. One day a month, that, that doesn't sound so hard on the outset, but it is for me, where I don't have to be productive. You don't have to do laundry. You don't have to do dishes unless you haven't done them for three weeks prior, and then you might ought to do it, maybe the night before. You don't have to get anything on your list done. Maybe you sleep most of the day. Maybe that's the only way you can keep from doing stuff. I don't know. 
but one day a month where you just don't do anything. Now, I'm I'm not saying that you just have to stare at the wall. If reading a good novel is fun for you, then, then do that. If catching up on your favorite TV show is fun for you, then do that. But you don't have to be productive. What would happen in our lives if we learn to leave some space? If, if we created a little bit of room every day, every week, every month. You, you know what I think would happen? First of all, I, I think we'd be a lot less stressed. I think we'd, we would not forget to do as much maybe as we forget to do. I think maybe we could get more done because when we're doing it, we're doing it. We're not worried about the eight different things that we're supposed to be doing or think we are. But here's the biggest benefit that I can see, and here's what I believe is part of it. I think that the principle of Sabbath is a physical thing. I think that's just part. We just need some rest. We just need some downtime. Our minds need downtime. But I think it's also a spiritual thing. Because I believe that God moves in the spaces that we create for him. Have you ever ever just gone through the entire day? Maybe God's really spoken to you during the week, and maybe there's something he really prompted you to do. And and we get busy in life, and, and you start, you hit the ground running, and you go right till the time you go to bed. Some of you may even have trouble turning the brain off at night because you've just gone so much during the day. But maybe you get to the end of the day, and, and then you realize, you know what? I didn't, even, I didn't even talk to God today, much less hear from him. Or maybe, maybe you do. Maybe you start the day off in a quiet time with God, and God prompts your heart, and, and then you just go full bore all the way through the day. You get to the end, and you're like, you know what? I forgot forgot to listen. I forgot to look for, for the response to what I asked God to do today. I believe that if we can create some space in our lives, we're going to hear God better, that we're going to be more open to the things that he calls us to do. I think we're going to be better witnesses because when God prompts us, we, we've got room, we've got time, we've got space in our lives to be able to obey I just think that's the way God intended for it to be. Let me, let me leave you with a, a picture. I don't know if you're good. I, I love to read books, and, and as good as we've gotten with our technology today with the special effects, I think my brain still does better. Um, so let me leave you with this, this picture and just encourage you. Let, let me let the challenge to you today to be, God, I am going to create some space in my life for you to move. It was in the beginning, and God had created Adam and Eve in his image, in his likeness, so that they could have relationship and fellowship with him. Nothing hindered their relationship with God because sin hadn't entered the equation yet. Nothing hindered their relationship with one another. Adam and Eve had the perfect marriage. Adam and Eve had no problems with self-esteem. Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with God.
And, and every day after they had tended the garden, which wasn't work to them, it was a pleasure, it was joyful, because that's what God had, had created for them to do. Toward the end of the day, as the sun began to go down and, and, and things cooled off a little, the shadows became a little bit long, God would come and meet with them, and they would walk in the garden with God. And they would fellowship with him. And God would ask them how their day went, and they would share with God the pleasures of doing what it is that he called them to do. And God would share his delight in them and, and their perfect likeness of him as he created them to be. And they just spent some time together, and they just hung out with one another. And, and the time ended with the sun kissing the horizon and then the stars would come out and God would tell them good night and they would have a nice, pleasant rest. That's what God wants with us. That's the way it used to be. If we would create some space in our lives to be able to just to hang out with God and just fellowship with him as we go through the day. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your love for us. And as we think of that, the scene that we see at the beginning uh, in chapter 3, uh, we, we get this idea that, that that's the way that it always was. As you, you came in the cool of the day in the garden, that, that that was the norm, that you spent time with Adam and Eve because they had time to spend. Father, we confess to you that we get so busy, that we pack our lives so full, our, our calendars are maxed out, our finances are maxed out, our relationship abilities are maxed out, and God, we suffer the consequences all the time from that, but mostly we miss out on time with you. And so God, today I, I pray that you would just prompt us, encourage us, admonish us, Holy Spirit, help us to reorder our lives in such a way that we create space for you every day, every week, every month. And God, I pray that you would help us to establish that as a habit. 80% full is full. God, we leave room for you to move and work in our hearts. We leave room for you to to, to draw us close to you in relationship, God, that we leave room for you to be able to speak to us and room for us to be able to be obedient to what you say. And God, I pray that as we do that, you would change us. We'd be different from others who follow after their own desires. And Father, if there's somebody here today who's never entered into a relationship with you, Holy Spirit, would you just draw them to you? Lord, you've redeemed us from our sin. Christ has paid the price for our sin. He took your wrath. And God, you offer to us instead a relationship with you through Jesus. Lord, for some of us, I pray that you would just renew that relationship for others. I pray that you would begin that relationship with them today. We pray it in your son's precious name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.